welcome back to the season three finale of We Love Lucy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm Allison Werma. I'm Corinne Eckhart. I'm still Molly Lyons. Guys, three whole seasons. We've done it. Still crazy after all these years. Oh, after all these two years. <laughs> We're going to talk about The Sublease, which aired May 24th, 1954. In The Sublease, Ricky's two-month job in Maine leads the Ricardos to consider subletting their apartment. So we start off with the gang. Well, first, Lucy's sitting reading Time Magazine. <laughs> and they start chatting about their plans for the summer because, like, Ethel and Fred come in and Ricky comes in. And they're just, like, complimenting each other, which is a lovely way to start anything. <laughs> sure. Basically, Ricky's gotten a job. He's going to spend two months in Maine. At a resort. And Lucy's going to go with him and the baby. And Fred and Ethel are going to be very sad alone in the hot, sticky city by themselves. This is directly related to season two of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. If you haven't watched yet, you can close your ears or (laughs) fast forward a little bit. I have not watched yet. In the second season, their family goes up to a summer resort in the Catskills. It looks really fun, and our Mrs. Maisel may or may not do some performances. So it would have been fun if she had run into Ricky while she was up there, or Lucy. All the show people. All the show people gather in the... Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's the same time period. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as I continued to watch, I finished the season the other day. That show brings me such joy, but there's some similarities I've noticed between more since I know we've spoken about Maisel and um, Lucy like would they be friends or would they Mm -hmm. be enemies but in the way that like the baby isn't necessarily essential to the show or Mm -hmm. to Lucy's life so are Midge's kids Mm. like I sometimes forget she has like a little boy and a baby it's like they're just there sometimes and she acknowledges them from time to time and their version of Miss Trumbull is the maids at her parents house what a lifestyle yeah right and then also in an episode she gets pulled off stage because she's talking about pregnancy very and taboo the booking agent was like you can't talk about that kind of like lady stuff on stage if you have you can talk to a doctor about that you can't say pregnant how foul right <laughs> to say pregnant yeah so disgusting but yeah i mean it reminded me of you know what we've talked about a bunch of times how they couldn't say pregnant on the show and then also like full circle to modern comedy like now we have ali wong who her two s- iconic specials are both while she's hugely pregnant and she gets to talk in really grotesque and hilarious detail about the realities of being pregnant so i think like as women in comedy like that is sort of a benchmark i think of like having come a very long way oh yeah totally now that you think about it, Ali Wong is the culmination of that. And her work might be so special because it was forbidden for so long. Right. She's and so why? radical. She's it's so, like, <laughs> like I, I, her specials, like, are so out there in terms of how funny they are and also just, like, how graphic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me, it made me, like, fearful to ever think of being pregnant. Agreed. So they're going to go up to Maine and they're going to sublet their place. Yeah. So I have a complaint. So they're telling their landlords they're subletting, which I was like, how is this going to go? Because are they allowed to? Is it in their contract? Turns out, yes. This is an episode about paperwork and knowing (laughs) when you sign a legal agreement. Legality. What you're signing up for, right? I think Fred had his moment here because he was like, continue reading you know lucy got the contract and she was like all on her high horse and then fred was like well what else does it say right 
And I was like, oh, Fred's like being very competent as a landlord right now. Also, like that entire scene, once again, Ricky and Lucy being so tone deaf because not only are they like, they're bragging to their friends about this like lovely summer they're going to have. They say that they can come with them and come visit. So that's nice. But they then are bragging about like, we're also going to make a bunch of money off of it because we're going to rent out our apartment for way more than we pay you. And so A, rude. Also B, dumb why are you telling them that that's exactly what i like yeah. just, just say you have a subletter and that's that it's Keep just the, like finances private if you're gonna make money off of something i mean my thought was like fred once their lease is up he should kick them out and then if they want to re-rent he could get 300 right. a month for the place i was 100 percent on fred and ethel's yeah. side yeah because I was like, they own the building. Yeah. They own it. Like, they You're get to decide. money off of their thing. Right. So, at the end of the day, I am a slave to real estate. I love real <laughs> estate. I am here for one day owning property because you get to make money off of it. They get really angry. And I knew when they started off, like, with all the compliments, you knew it was, like, very quickly going to flip into yeah. some sort of conflict. And they say something, because it's so, like, sickly sweet, they're like, we're in a hot fudge sundae. Oh, yeah. They yeah. are pretty sticky, aren't they? <laughs> like I, when, they, when he first said that, I was like, Where, what? <laughs> right. Where's this going? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's like, once again, Ricky and Lucy are so tone deaf about the money thing. Just like, shut your faces. Yeah, there would be no problem if you didn't bring it up. It's fair. The line that I I marked down that I think Lucy says to Fred, she's like, fair is fair. Like, we have the apartment and we can sublease it out. And he goes like, okay, maybe it's fair, but it's lousy of you to like not split the profits with us. Or to just tell them in the first place and like brag about it to them. It's like, isn't it great? They expect Fred and Ethel to be happy for them because they're making $175 a month on an apartment they only pay $125 on. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like so crazy. It's a con. It's like yeah. a basically a scam. Why would you expect someone to be happy for you for that? Also, they're poor. They <laughs> have less money than you. What is $125 in today's money? $300, which is what they're going to charge per month, is $2,700 in today's money. $125 in 1954 would be $1,145.56. So for a two-bedroom apartment in New York... It's pretty good. That's amazing. Yeah. In the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, so we start off with them at odds. We have a new character, Mrs. Hammond. She's the realtor. Yeah. Ladies can do stuff. I love that about her. I just wanted to point out that on the button of their fight, as Fred and Ethel are storming out the door, Lucy says, enjoy your hot, sticky summer in the city. And Ethel says, it'll be sheer heaven as long as you are not here. Sick burn. (laughs) I mean, it's so funny. They go zero to 60 so quickly. I love it when Ethel can give it back, though. Yes. 100%. I agree. So Mrs. Hammond ends up being the peacemaker. Yeah. So she's played by Virginia Brissack. And first, they only kind of reference her. Mm -hmm. Because she gave the number of, like, I can rent that place for 300 bucks. Yeah. And, uh... And she finds six couples who are interested and want to pay $300 a month. And Fred and Ethel don't approve of all six of them. Right. Because that's what we discover from the contract. Yeah. Is that, yes, like, Recky and Lucy can sublet the place, but Fred and Ethel have to sign off on whoever they pick. Right. Which is fair. Yeah. So she has one more couple, and Lucy says... Why bother? They won't even improve. I can Mamie. An Eisenhower reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can Mamie. I caught that. There's another Mrs. Maisel oh. thing-ish. When Susie's trying to get her job, she told someone that Mrs. Maisel looked like Mamie Eisenhower. 
Oh. And then when she shows up, they're like, you don't look like her. You don't look funny. <laughs> and then they're basically saying, like, you're too pretty. You can't be funny. Oh, Which is kind of gosh. another... So many parallels. Here, yeah. But oh. another... I'm here for a Maisel Lucy reboot. Yes, yeah. 100%. I want to see maybe season three Maisel where, like, she goes to L.A. and she meets Lucy. This is like, oh, I love Lucy fanfic or writing. <laughs> Please send us your Maisel Lucy crossover yeah. ideas. Yeah, right. In that fight that the couples have, they we once again had a joke at Ricky's English speaking expense. Oh, right. We're like, if the boot was on the other hand, yeah, <laughs> trying to put a sweater over our eyes. Yeah, there was a lot of like turtleneck humor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like miswearing things. A lot of clothing mishaps. Yeah. yeah. Also, I love. I saw it again. She was wearing. Lucy was wearing that teared apron when she mm-hmm. had let. In the the couple, this mystery couple, who Miss Hammond is pretty sure the Mertzes will, will approve of. Right. So it is the Mertzes themselves, and they approve <laughs> of each other. And I I honestly think like that's what makes the most sense to me is that like they should just take the apartment back and rent it out to other people for two months, mm-hmm. and then let Ricky and Lucy come back. I was up for that. I guess Ricky and Lucy have the right to refuse to sublet it to them. Or I think they could be like, okay, fine, but like it won't be furnished. They don't get to live in right. our apartment. Right. But then who wants that to move like out so all their much. stuff? So the Ricardos are supposed to leave that night, and Fred and Ethel are prepared to take over the apartment and sub sublet it to another couple who would pay $300 a month and Mrs. Hammond comes up with the idea that they find a subletter and split the profits she's a real King Solomon Mrs. Hammond I can't believe they needed Mrs. Hammond to come up with that arrangement i wonder if she upped her fee right her commission she's a couple she doubles her commission or a friend counselor she made this big pitch to them you two couples have been so devoted to each other she's like i've rented so many of these apartments in this building and i'm always struck by this friendship that you guys have always had and yeah it would be a shame to let that go go to seed because of this oh she is so wise she's like dr phil of the 50s They've decided they're going to rent it out. Yeah. So they agree to that. But at the button of that scene, Ricky says that they've been friends for 13 years. Mm. And everyone's like, why are you saying 13 years? And he's like, well, we moved in here when we got married. And Lucy, you were 22 when we got married. And how old are you now? And Lucy's like, oh, we've been friends for six Six years. (laughs) That's like how my mom would say for years she was 29. (laughs) Really? And then it was 36 eventually. I think she told my brother she was 29 for a very long time. Really? Yeah, and then my brother Steve found her license and like Uh-oh. quick math. Oh my goodness. It was like, mom's not 29. I always knew how old my parents were, but I remember the first time my grandmother, who is like of this generation, I remember asking her when I was a little girl, like, Nina, how old are you? And she's like, never ask a woman that. <laughs> she's like, I will not tell you and do not ever ask me that. And I was like, okay, fair. But yeah, I think it's definitely, it was a very popular brand of joke back then. To like, lie. <laughs> ladies, lady, ladies age jokes, am I right? <laughs> she makes like this face like she's a deer caught in headlights. <laughs> I thought it was funny because if you just come at it from a writing perspective, they included Ricky mistaking how long they've been friends in order to lead to the funniness of seeing Lucy lie about her age. Right. Is kind of forced. It's a it's a long it's a long way around. Yeah. I mean I think the thing I found myself wondering, just because we know a little bit more about the context of the people who make the show 
But I was like, I wonder, in the world of the show, is Lucy older than Ricky? Well, I don't know. Because Lucy's older than Desi. She's six years older than him. Right. But if you do that math, that they got married when they are 22, they've been friends for 12 years, then her character's 34. Do, do we know they got younger. married when they were 22? Yeah, that's what he, he says Lucy oh, was she 22. Was tw- she said she was 22. Maybe she was 30. Right. We don't know. <laughs> and he was just a young buck. So, yeah. So they've decided to rent out the apartment. So Mrs. Hammond brings over, and just the girls are home at this point, Lucy and Ethel. They bring over Mr. Beecher, played by Jay Novello. We have seen him before. We have. Where have we seen him? Was he the seance guy? Yes, he was from Mr. Merriweather from the seance. Yes. Yes. Right. Well, and he is such like a specific character actor. He is. His voice, his fate, like everything about it. Such a fun weirdo. I love him. This felt like such like an interesting choice where he's a person who's basically in witness protection because he was like on the jury of a murder trial and it had like really jangled his nerves. He was a witness. He witnessed oh, a murder. I thought he was in on in, on the jury. No. But so he was a witness to a murder. Yeah. Yikes. Has he gone to therapy? This is very law and so. order SVU. I love so it. he's very skittish mm-hmm. and he's kind of running around the apartment and acting very strange and wondering about how quiet it is and mm-hmm. if you can hear things and he decides to take it and they sign the lease right there on the spot. And then Lucy's downstairs at Ethel's apartment and Ricky comes in and tells her that the job has fallen through and they no longer need to leave. And she's already received a check for two months rent from him. Here was my first thought. So they're making 175 each on this. Couldn't they find another apartment with that profit money? One would have thought, right? And they're saving their rent, so that's one twenty-five plus one seventy-five that they don't have to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some other solutions to the problem. Yeah. Also, is there no other apartment in the? Well, building? the crazy thing is that Lucy's saying they're having a hard time renting because they have a kid. Yeah, that seems weird. But yeah. maybe is accurate. I don't know. And she said that like there are places that would rather have pets than children. Yeah. So she's like, I'm thinking about putting feathers on him and dr- <laughs> and saying he's a parrot. <laughs> But I mean, also, why can't you just have Mrs. Trumbull like prepare him for the summer? Right, she basically she, lives there. Why don't they move in with Mrs. Trumbull? Great question. Mrs. Trumbull didn't even want to give Ricky, little Ricky, back to for the Lucy. summer. Yeah. yeah, well, because that was also another thing they mentioned early, early on, where Ethel was like, "Well, I hope he doesn't forget us." Yeah, like two months for a baby is a long time, and maybe Miss Trumbull is like equally worried. Yeah, that her her child is going to forget her. <laughs> she will. She's maybe next year will be the year she steals him for good. So I'm rooting <laughs> for her, wait. trying to get those crazy kids together. <laughs> yeah, so they end up moving in with the Mertzes. Okay, I could see a modern version of this episode where you could rent your place out on Airbnb for mm-hmm. so much more. Mm. Maybe they did that on Broad City. I feel like Alana did that on Broad City. Oh, it yeah, does to, sound like to make some last minute money for something yeah that's that would be the modern equivalent new york real estate right yeah it just doesn't quite feel like it's as big of a problem as they're making it in this episode no i mean listen it's gonna be fine yeah also ricky was like sort of prepared to get a hotel so why didn't they just get a hotel for a week while they were looking for an apartment yeah well didn't he say it would be too expensive didn't he say but he said for two months it would be too expensive right right, right. i feel like they could have gotten one in in the the interim rather than move in with the Mertzes. So the Mertzes are pretty generous to let them move in, but then they immediately, like the next scene, are just super annoyed. They're at each other's throats. Frustrated, and the baby's crying all the time, but it's like, that's your godchild. That's a baby. That's all they do. Also, like, it must be... 
I guess if everyone had, like, a workplace to go to, it would be a little bit easier. You know, Ricky's gone, but Lucy and Ethel are home. Fred's, frankly, mostly home. Yeah, they're all just hanging out all day. I live alone. Like, I don't like sharing space, Right, I get it. Well, and also, like, I live in a house with three other people. Now now our listeners will know so much about my life. You live somewhere? Oh, my God. With other humans. TMI. But, um... But we're freelancers, and so most of the time we're all out of the house all the time. But when we're working from home, it does get a little bit more tight and yeah. intimate when it's just like, uh, we're like right up in each other's faces. So I totally relate to that. Also, like, how long has this baby been a baby? Why hasn't this baby grown up yet? Well, we it's see pretty him. Big. He's, he's pretty a, big. He's pretty big. It's pretty big. <laughs> he starts crying, and she tells him to be quiet, and she's like patting the pillow. He is not in the crib. No. Right? He starts crying in the middle of the night. Red needs to pee, and Lucy's in the bathtub. <laughs> And she takes a really long time taking a luxurious bath, which I appreciated. <laughs> I love gross. a bath. I love a good bath. That's a bath. Divisive issue. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're ending the podcast over this issue. <laughs> We're going to take a poll on baths later. Baths are gross. We're going to do an Insta story question. Uh, Until I can get a bathtub that covers my breasts and my knees. That's the dream. Yeah. Then I don't like baths. But it's like my tub is so old. I love my bath. I don't care. I love it all. I mean, my my bathtub is simultaneously very old and I love it. So yeah. I'm agreeing with both of you. In the middle of the night, the doorbell's ringing, which is pretty rude, Ricky. Yeah. What what are you doing? <laughs> you know your baby, you have a baby. is you- right there. So the doorbell's ringing. Surprise, that didn't wake the baby up. It wakes Fred up. Fred gets up. He trips over the crib, which wakes the baby up, which makes the baby cry. And then it's just this big mess where everybody's awake and everybody's miserable. And you know what? I'm someone who I appreciate the value of good sleep. It really, it changes. It can change your life. So I, I feel for them that they're all having their sleep disrupted but like people just came in real hot like people were throwing grenades like being so angry that a baby is crying and and what did lucy say that she's like yes because he's just like crying because he you like it right he's doing it for you (laughs) it reminds me of the moment when ethel invites them to stay over she's like they're gonna be so fun it's like a sleepover we'll get the rollaway guy we'll put the crib here and then very quickly it's like this is not as fun as i thought it would be ethel's been doing the dishes all day the next morning because I guess five people eat a lot. They're talking about how easy it would be if they just got rid of Mr. Beecher. And Lucy gets an idea, which you could tell by her face. And Ethel's just like, yes, whatever (laughs) it is, I don't care. I will like jump off a building. I will. It's very funny. I liked that. My issue with the idea, it just sucks that it's like they have to punish someone else for like their own mistakes you know no totally and this guy's been through some shit i feel bad (laughs) we're re-traumatizing him right and nobody's talking about it they're literally and this is me being like a a millennial liberal but like they are capitalizing on his triggers yeah (laughs) they're like let's just trigger him (laughs) let's (laughs) get him run away let's get him roll triggered because it works for us (laughs) okay but my favorite part of this episode is Lucy comes by. She's here to check on him, pick up the toys she left. Ethel comes in, looking fabulous, having a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like all great Luke's accessorized. fabulous. <laughs> with a woman. <laughs> and then she's like, you have flirted with my husband for the last time. So guys. Great narrative. This is a fight over Fred. Oh my God. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Who when you look at Fred, you don't think two women are going to fight over him. I think eight women are going to fight over him. 
But then this episode, I feel like it should inspire and give hope to all men who wear their pants too high <laughs> that you too can have two women interested in Representation you. matters. This is a great moment for them, for men who wear very high-waisted pants. Ethel's ready to kill Lucy. <laughs> you know what I, I noticed about this? That I was like, you know what? I think there's nothing Lucille Ball loves more than faking a death. Oh my god. It's it, true. It went on for so long. It was like she was like a fish flopping on the deck for a 90 seconds. There's no blood. <laughs> like, just blah! You don't know where the wound is. You're yeah. not a doctor. Where's the where would the wound be with no blood? Is my question. Bleeding internally. <laughs> Which is worse. Hello. Which is worse. I've seen Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> so Mr. Beecher doesn't want to witness another murder. He hides behind the couch, obviously. Well, and th- that's what's funny. Looking back is earlier in the episode when it becomes clear that they're not going to Maine. Ricky's like, well, then I'll just go talk to this guy and explain to him what's going on. Like, that is the normal rational response. Yeah. And she's like, you can't. He's so sensitive. And then they're like, wait a second. We'll just pretend <laughs> to kill each other in front of him. I was like, what a turn. <laughs> not caring about sensitivity oh, now. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> the gun malfunctions. So Lucy spots a balloon that she left at the apartment. She blows she it up. just so happens to leave. Yeah. Oh my God, the face <laughs> Very convenient. Such good, like, just get, like mugging for the camera with that uh, balloon. I know. Where she pretends to be out of breath. But true, I can't blow up a balloon. Oh, true story about you. True Didn't know story that. about me. I have tried my whole life. I can't blow up anything. I can't blow up pool toys. What? What is your lung capacity like? It's very shallow. (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) Guys, we're worried. I'm serious. I've tried my whole... I don't get it. And I can't whistle either. I feel like they're connected. There's something that I'm missing. Like something hasn't clicked for me on how to do these very basic tasks. (laughs) So basically the gun malfunctions. Lucy blows up the balloon. She pops it. She pretends to die for 45 minutes and then (laughs) mr beecher runs out of the apartment the poor guy never to be seen again (laughs) basically he calls mrs hammond and is like get my clothes i will never go back there what a guy mr beecher i feel bad for him do you think he has a job (laughs) no being afraid is his job (laughs) Um, he reminds me of like that story i don't know where this is from where like the guy who got struck by lightning like four times where it's like what are the odds of it happening once and it just like kept happening to him he's like i it's like what a rough life the girls are really excited because they got the apartment back and fred's really excited for some reason and ricky's really excited for some reason they're all about to tell each other what they have to tell each other and so now it's revealed that fred has found them another apartment put down a deposit for two months aggressive why yeah without <laughs> talking to anybody very this is strange the most work fred has ever done also does he have that much money i uh, i mean what also, going back, they were planning to sub sublet the apartment. So now that he's gone, now that he's rented an apartment for two months, he should sub sublet it yeah. to Mrs. Hammond. Mm. Problem solved. Oh, that's true. And Ricky's got a job at Del Mar. So now they have to rent two apartments in the city and go to Del Mar. Or do they? Because we never find out because the next season opens, apparently. Everything's the same and they never reference it again. I would have loved a special episode of them in Del Mar. And that's where Lucy gets her first love for California. Mm -hmm. Have you guys been to Del Mar? I've never been. The trip to California, the LA trip, they talk about how it's their first time in California. (gasps) Oh, lies. So they didn't go to Del Mar. So it seems like they didn't go to Del Mar, but in real life, the Arnezes spent... 
the summer in Del Mar. They had a house in Del Mar. Oh, that sounds so nice. Right? Also, I think Ricky's trying to, like, up tourism in Del Mar by including it. Right. I mean, I liked the, the line where they're all like, I have news, I have news. And she's like, what are we, the Associated Press? We all have news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, journalism joke. Um, it felt also, and I haven't read this in a while, so maybe the, the it's the wrong illusion, but it felt very, like, Gift of the Magi to me. It's like an old Bo Henry short story. But the idea, it's like a couple who, again, it's like people not communicating mm-hmm. and things run awry. But it's like the sweet story where this husband and wife are trying to buy each other things for Christmas and they're very poor and they're like trying to scrimp and save. It's something like she has to cut all her hair off in order to pay for the thing. And then he buys her a gift for her hair. And then, so it's like the things that they do end up meaning that the gifts that they give are no longer useful, but it was like the gesture. And so it felt like gift of the Magi here where it's like, we did all this work for each other. And by virtue of that, we are no longer able to receive the gifts. (laughs) Like, like I'm no longer in a position to live in that apartment you've rented for me, Fred, but thank you. What I did like about this episode is that it ends with them taking a big financial hit, which at this point... <laughs> I love that. Like most good episodes of television. Yeah, it feels comforting to me at this point. <laughs> because it always happens. And I was like, when are they going to lose money? They've made money. Yeah. So obviously they have to lose what money. What goes up must come down. Yeah. Like the market. We <laughs> need to reset to zero at the by the end of the episode. Or they need to be a little bit in the hole. I want someone to <laughs> keep track of all of the debts that get accrued <laughs> of, over right? this entire series and be like... <laughs> What? <laughs> How? It'll be a million dollars. At least. I and a million 1954 dollars. I have a fun fact that this storyline gets recycled a couple of times in the future. Mm. On other TV shows that Such we may as? or may not watch. Oh. Such as? It gets recycled on an episode of the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. Oh. Where they rent their house to a man named Danny. And Ricky's going to leave to do a movie. And the movie gets canceled. And they have to move into the Mertz's house. Ooh, Sound familiar? A little bit. Rings a bell. It also gets recycled when they live with the Mertz's later in this series while waiting for their Connecticut house to be ready. Mm. So cohabitation is a big theme for them. It's like kind of like the comedy of the odd couple of like putting people in a confined space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And seeing how their differences like create conflict and comedy. Oh, yeah. But they don't really mine it for... All they do is get frustrated with each other. Yeah, it's like... It, I would have liked to see that play out a little bit mm-hmm. longer. Like, I would have loved a whole episode of... Oh, yeah. You know, especially, like, the light, passive-aggressive stuff that would start, and then how that progresses from there. Like, the gradual build. One thing that I think we didn't bring up that I just want to mention is that once Mr. Beecher is gone... They relax on the couch and the gun goes off accidentally. And it scares them. And I was like, I don't understand. There's no safety on. Right. There, The gun didn't go off. We're just, we have a live gun in the house. <laughs> right. We like, have a lives, lot of issues here. Who lives upstairs? Is it, is it Fred and Ethel? Like, is there a bullet in the ceiling now? What is happening? I have... Also, I forgot to mention this. The lampshade trick? Yeah, I was yes. just going to say, what was this? I was like, this isn't funny. I'm just confused. <laughs> like, so they, how, why? What? That <laughs> is a thing that they establish in previous episodes. I remember that when they the, when they redid the apartment. Yeah, that he has a trick lamp. It just doesn't work. And so when you slam a door near it, the shade just like drops down, swivels down <laughs> to exactly where he keeps his chair. Like, what? <laughs> what I love about this, yeah, exactly. He knows it's coming. Ethel's watching it, 
She doesn't say anything, and he just, like, waits for it. He's like, this is my favorite thing. This is my life now. Right? I like, like to hide in a lampshade. This is where I live, in this lampshade. This is, this is my happy place. This is my safe space. Ugh, I love it. What do we feel like any evolution from season one to season three? Where, how do we feel? What's different? What's the same? I do find it comforting that Lucy was able to have a baby, and yet her hijinks remained the same. Yes, it's true. In high gear. Yeah, she's a mom now, but she doesn't let that stop her from being fake murdered. Yeah. <laughs> as we all should as you know, strive that's, for. That's definitely on my bucket list, yeah. is to remain remain fake murdered after <laughs> all parts of my life. Yeah. Available for fake murder. <laughs> yeah. Passions include faking my own death. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> others. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the biggest difference, I think storytelling has gotten a lot more complicated mm-hmm. and complex, sometimes oh, yeah. for the better, sometimes for the worse. Right. <laughs> because we'll go eight different ways before we get to where we should, you know, it just yeah. takes too long to get places sometimes, but I appreciate the complexity. Yeah, with this episode too, it felt like I thought that the, the subletter himself was going to be a bigger character, when really right. it was just about the them living together, the five of them. I wonder if we just think of TV as so formulaic now, you know, because it is so formulaic now that that's why it's like... It feels a certain yeah, way. Yeah, we're, we're conditioned to... Right. Well, you can spot things. Like, I don't think that a 1950s audience would have seen Ricky's 13 years, like, mess up and know that they were going to revisit it for a joke at the end. Right. But now it's like we've gotten so used to how scripts are written, mm-hmm. and especially the three of us, Yeah. you know obviously read a bunch of scripts and are very familiar with that formula so watching it it's like not a surprise that they revisit it at the end of the scene to make a joke right know? the setups and the punchlines like yeah. all serve a purpose you see it coming i think more now than you did back then which means that modern tv has to work a little bit harder to surprise an audience right but i liked this one i did yeah. too it's really fun. I never knew how much I wanted to see like them all living in one space together. Which is funny because I think was it a Neek pitch like a oh everyone living together and living together. She last did, week. yeah. Oh my goodness, she's psychic. She is <gasps> for something that happened already. <laughs> and the seance was the other episode that we saw Jay Novello psychics. Yeah. Okay. It was a great way to end the season. Yes. Thanks for listening to us, guys, for another season. Yeah. Thanks for rolling with us. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Stay tuned on our social media to find out when we're back. Yeah. Yeah. And have a happy 2019, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy 2019. All that jazz. As always, if you enjoy listening, we would love if you'd leave us a review and rating on iTunes. Mm -hmm. But if not, you know, it's chill too. Do whatever you want. You know what? You live your life. But if you want to find us, you can find us where? (laughs) You can find us on Instagram at We Love Lucy Podcast. On Twitter at We Love Lucy Pod. We're on Facebook. We Love Lucy Podcast. Also, as always, send all thoughts and feelings to our email, welovelucypod at gmail.com. Bye, Lucy. All right, guys. Keep it real estate. Happy 2019. (laughs) Bye.